Hi, I'm Stuart Huff. At night, I'm a stand-up comedian, but during the day, I spend my time roaming through junk shops that hopefully smell like mildew. I'm not looking for antiques. No, I'm looking for items that spark my curiosity. And if they're the right price, then they come home with me. This podcast is accurately named Stuart Huff's Obsessive Curiosities. All right, welcome to another episode of Stuart Huff's Curious Obsession. Stuart Huff's Obsessive Curiosities. Right, you're one for two today. Welcome to another episode of Stuart Huff's Obsessive Curiosities. Um, all right, I got I got to tell you right off the bat, I really have no idea where this is going to go. I have the perfect guests in front of me, perfect people on the couches. Uh, the this item is. Both of you two came to mind. <clears throat> to my right, on couch one, I've labeled couch one, is my good friend Lowell. Hi, Stuart. Uh, philosophy uh, nut, thinking extraordinaire, a man who uh, who enjoys the <clears throat> the process of saying, what the hell is going on with people, and let me sit down on this bench and try to figure it out for seven hours. Would you disagree with any of that? Not at all. Do I look like I've moved any time in the recent <laughs> past? No. And on couch number two is, uh, in my opinion, uh, one of the best comedians in the, in the country, Tom Simmons. Is that you lowered your head when I said that. Deal with it. You know what I mean? It's right. true. Whatever. I didn't say the best. You're not the best. I, 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 don't, I know. I was one of, you know, top 70. Top seven. I may be. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> How about that? My, yeah, my ex got a beat you can dance to. I give it. <laughs> you I you okay it. with top seventy? Yeah, yeah. I just that's the second time you've called him your good friend, and then me just you know, and Tom Simmons. I I, pre, I got I got Tom. I got a shit on your compliment. Is okay, all okay. It's yeah, good to be it's good you, to be here. Yeah. I love coming here. I want to see what crazy crap you found in the middle of God knows nowhere. Why you would pull over into? I have. Hey, no you want to hear a great story? No. That's, okay. This is the terrible place for that. It's a terrible place for a great story. <laughs> so this was two, three weeks ago, something like that. I was in Walnut, Iowa. Uh, Walnut. I'm staying in Econo Lodge there. Thank God. Right. In Walnut, Iowa. Okay. So. Um, <laughs> that's excuse me i guess going to a junk shop is sort of a step up at any point when you're at an econo lodge don't don't be and, knocking the econo lodge okay right, i love the econo lodge as long as no one else is staying there and i'm the only person in the econo lodge <laughs> then it is perfect for me okay i could live in an econo lodge as long as i was the only guest um so i get up in the morning and there's a town right next to walnut it's literally four miles down the road that has a, a junk shop there, right? So I go down there and I walk in. Place smells like cat piss, so it's a good sign. <laughs> so curiosity has been there. And curiosity, yeah. There's some obsessions in this place. <laughs> I walk in. It is not organized at all. There's crap everywhere, right? The the two people at the front desk. You walk through the door and there's a desk right there, big long desk. Uh, husband and wife, that's a guess. Okay. That's just a, because of the way they are interacting. That's a guess. Uh, both of them on oxygen tanks, <laughs> both of them. Wow. Yeah. So there's, how'd a you find this place? I, I looked it up on my phone. Oh, you just, you just Googled junk shop. I, yeah. I put junk shop and sometimes you put antique place, junk shop, 
thrift, you know, and things, you know, little bubbles pop up and you click on them and, and you, you go to them. You don't feel like it's like you, this is, so that at some point you embrace that new technology because you're, you're, it you're helps. a junk shopper from old school, drive by, find one, talk to a weirdo on the side of the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a back roads. Get on, just get on the back roads and drive and see something. But you know, sometimes when you, you have a show at, at eight and you only have a certain amount of time, then the phone definitely helps. You know, I've got an hour and a half. Of, I don't have, you know, I need to know where the junk shop is, you know, okay. so that, uh, so I'll walk in husband and wife, uh, both on oxygen tanks. So there's that buzz going <laughs> of the tank going, you know what I mean? <laughs> and the guy immediately says this to me, he raises his arms. Uh, when I walk through, he raises his arms and he goes, anything in the place half off just for you, my friend. Half off anything right. in the place. And I started laughing. But in my head, I was thinking, oh, crap. That means there's nothing here. Right. If you're immediately offering me 50% <laughs> off of anything you have, you don't have anything good. That's very poor business, by the way. It's horrible like, business. Yes. I walked through the door. Obviously, I want to be here. Why would you immediately say half off? That means you have trash, you know. And indeed, I'm walking through there. There's nothing in this place. It's garbage. You know, it's this is this is below yard. This is like a yard sale on Sunday at 5 p.m. when they're boxing. <laughs> right. This is what nobody wanted for a nickel. You know. <laughs> right. And then, what does she say when he said half off? Did she she didn't any... even turn around from the card. She's playing solitaire on the computer, okay. an old computer with the big, huge monitor. You know. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I'm walking through this place, fairly large building. Uh, and, and then I, I, I walk into this one little area and I see a, something interesting. Very, I'm going to try to describe it to you. And I, I had to look it up later to learn a little more about it, but very large, uh, size of a suitcase, you know, that kind of, uh, a, a, you know, I'm so bad with numbers and, and sizes. about the size of a suitcase, black. Uh, the, the whole thing was black. It had an old cord, the, the kind with the cloth, uh, two prong plug. You plug in old cord to it. It looks sci-fi. It on one side of it had an, an one side is where you put your eyes. It looks like a pair of glasses, where you okay, that just just took a weird turn. Like. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, you 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 obviously you put your eyes into these glasses. Okay, now on the other side of it is a large cone that goes, I mean, it's a quarter of an inch away from where your eye would be. Okay. So this large cone is looking directly into your eyeball, you know, and then it had a gear that you could move a little shifter that you could move the, the cone to the other eye. So it's some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of eye examination thing. Eye examination machine on. from 1950 or something. It's but it looked like a laser beam machine. It was really neat looking to me. I right. pick it up. It's got some serious weight to it, and this is, you know, it helped to take, have two hands on this thing. So you know, it looked really neat. I look at the price tag: six hundred and ninety-five dollars. So you do the math immediately. Uh, yeah, I thought. Well, let's say seven hundred. So half, half of what's the math? Three hundred forty-seven fifty. You're Jesus good. You're out the Lord. door. Boom, just like that. Three hundred forty-seven fifty. That's still way out of my price range. <laughs> this thing, thirty bucks. That's what I'm going thirty bucks on this. You know, 
So I walk around the shop. I walk back up to the thing, and and uh, the, the guy goes, "You didn't find anything at all? Any nothing? This whole store?" And I said, "Well, you got that, whatever that eye machine is you got back there. That's real neat." And he goes, "What have I got on it? What's the price tag on it?" I said, six ninety five. And he goes, "How about five hundred? And I said, "Well, you said when I walked in half of anything, right?" And six hundred ninety five is three fifty some around there. And he goes three forty seven fifty three forty. Yeah, but I, I'm not like Lowell. I don't, I'm not that good at math. I don't even really know if that's the number that he said. Yeah. <laughs> is it? That's, I think that's okay. So then he, he looked at me. He goes four seventy five. <laughs> and I, I said, look, you told me I get half off of anything in the store. I picked an item. And now you're trying to barter with me, but you're not even to the the point that you told. I want to go down from half. Right. Right. And you told me I could have anything in here for half price. He goes, well, I didn't know you were going to pick the cool thing. Right. That's what he said to me. <laughs> that's my that's my that's my crown jewel. <laughs> that's my baby. Why do you think I put it back there so you would walk through everything else first? Right. So I start laughing and he goes, you come in here like you own the place. And, and I don't really, oh, no. he starts yelling at me. No, he's offended. Uh, he, yeah, and I'm trying to figure out, is he kidding or is he serious? You know, he's got an oxygen thing in his nose anyway. This is kind of funny. Right. <laughs> and he's like, you come in here like you own the place. You pick the one good thing, and now you want me to go half price on the one good thing? You do that to every shop you go into? And I oh, said, wow. well, every shop I go into doesn't go half off of all the things in the store. <laughs> And then not give me half Are off. You, I can't imagine you literally having this argument with someone. This well, just isn't I had like... a grin on my face and I was giggling. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I wasn't, I wasn't yelling. It's just, this is funny to me. His wife never turned around. That's how you knew they were married? By their not interacting? Yeah, not okay. interacting at all. She never turned around. Playing solitaire on the 1994 huge monitor computer the entire time. She's and heard I, the same sales pitch over and over from this Probably. Guy. So I said to him, I go, well, we're not doing this. I said, you get, at least you start at half price. That's what you promised me. And he goes, oh, that's the type of person you are, huh? You hold people to their promises? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yes, he is kidding. He's been kidding. Uh, so I, Yeah, and then I knew he's kidding, right? So, But in my head, I don't, half off is still way overpriced for me. So who cares? So I said, hey, well, it, it has been interesting to meet you. And then I'll start walking out the door. And he goes, really? That's it? That's your whole bartering scheme? Interesting to meet you? You're not even going to throw a number at me? And I turned around, and I said, 20 bucks. And he goes, get out of here. It's <laughs> a great closer. So I go, I get in my car, I drive down to another junk shop, right? I, I walk around another one for an hour or two. Uh, this, is, this whole junk shopping thing is losing its appeal to me when they're just right next to each other on the street. You're not, I liked it better when you had to get off and find them in the middle of nowhere, and you got this cool thing, and you're well, just like. they're all different, Tom. Some of them are in the middle of nowhere. I didn't know junk shopping Some was like Some of them a, have like a, you know. Junk one, shop district. There's like. That, in Walnut, <laughs> Iowa. Right. That exists. If there's junk one. Junk shop district. If there's one junk shop that's doing well and another one opens next to it, you know, it's. That's that that happens. Okay. You know? All right. So I go Capitalism. to this other junk shop. I walk around and I'm thinking about this eye machine back here because it was really cool looking. You know, I kind of just looked like 1950s sci fi movie. I really like the way it looked, you know. By the way, folks, we're not seeing that machine because I'm looking at the thing that we're getting ready. I to don't look have at. it. That's I right. I was been looking like, what is it over there? Like trying to get a peek. <laughs> this isn't the machine. We're not doing this. Is a disappointing story. It's I'm just, out. It's just a funny story. Okay. All right. That's all it is. 
So I go back to the the store with the oxygen tank people, right? I go back to the store after the, you know, I go back. I walk in the door and he goes, I knew it. I knew it. I hooked you. I hooked you and you want it and you need it. Come on in. Let's talk money, my friend. And I'm laughing. I'm giggling, right? And I walk up and I say, I'm not even talking to you until you start at half price. And he goes, okay, what's half price? 450? Is that where we're at? 450? I said, let's start at 300 bucks and go down from 300 okay and he goes that's not that's not that's not gonna happen that's not gonna happen you know what that is i said no i don't know what it is i know it's cool it's neat looking and i like it but i don't know exactly what it is and he goes that thing can make diamonds my friend that thing right there shoots out gold when you plug it in uh. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm loving it i love this this uh. is half of the reason i love this i just love these eccentric weirdos yeah this is good i like it's this so great uh. So I said, all right, I'll make a legitimate offer right now. And I'm not kidding. And if, I said, don't laugh at this number. I'm making a legitimate offer. I'll go $50 on it. That's, and that's, I'm almost maxed out at 50. So don't be $450. Blah. And I said, I'll do $50. And he, he, he goes, honey. And she didn't turn around. She goes, what? <laughs> and he goes, what do you think? And she goes, the fish is dead. Let him off the hook. I swear to you. <laughs> Because uh, the fish is dead. Let him off the hook. So they're using code. I know. And he goes, My wife won't even budge. <laughs> and I left and I don't have it. Oh, but man. I'm going back. When I'm in Iowa, I'll go back there and I'll walk in and I'll go, Are you ready to talk serious? You know, and we'll so this might take me it's six appreciated. Yeah. It might take me. You know, who knows? Six years to get this thing, but I'll get it for $50. I can't wait till you get her to turn around. And the oh, story is that, like, the she, you got a deal. You got a deal. <laughs> this one fought good. And she, just, <laughs> she starts reeling me yes. in. <laughs> that thing is worth $4. <laughs> this is how we have fun in our marriage. We yeah. make somebody come back for three years. And I then love it. Give us 67. <laughs> we, we have oxygen tank, not from cigarettes, from the bullshit we've been speaking <laughs> yes. has clogged us up. <laughs> And we need oxygen. So what was at the other junk shop? Oh, the other junk shop was incredible. Way, way overpriced. But sometimes I walk into these places, and I know I'm not buying anything in here. But my God, they have an incredible collection. You know, right. It's just like... It's out of your is, price range. It's, it's like, out of my price range. This is, But they have incredible junk. It's so almost it like a museum. antique on the window, does that mean it's overpriced? No, not necessarily. But okay. when I do see the word antique, I'm a little disappointed. I'm a little, but I still go in. Right. When it says Emporium, probably not going in there. Gotcha. You know? There's not like a few junk shops that realized, okay, antique is the sort of catchphrase that gets people in. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's, that's the, you know, I don't hack. think when people open a junk shop or an antique place, I don't think I'm what they have in mind. I think what they're picturing is people that are, you know, people that collect things and they're going to come in and lay down what they're you know i'm looking for something that you don't know what it is and i'm interested in it so i can get it for ten dollars nobody opens a business saying i hope someone comes in here and <laughs> wants to buy a, a lot of cheap crap they they want to get you know they want to like this place i went into uh they had some incredible things in there but they, they had few things in there with twenty thousand dollar price tag on it whole what yeah, yeah. And I'm sure they're absolutely probably worth twenty grand, probably a very reasonable price. Dude, but you got to play this thing. You got to go when you go in it back in the next time to the guy with the eye thing, which you're mm -hmm. going to tell me which 
you looked up what it is, I'm sure. But yeah, it's a, it, I, I, I couldn't find that exact model, but it's an optometrist testing machine from 1940 or 50 or something like that. And that, that's they would look in for, you looking know, at your retina or something. I presume. Yeah. And, you know, it, but I had never seen one like that. I mean, this this thing, the cone that zeroed in on your eyeball was enormous compared in proportionally to the rest of it. And it did feel like I put my eyes in those little glasses and it felt kind of like there was a little bit of like, whoa, like the, the space monsters coming to get me. kind of Right. And the way it was shaped looked like a laser beam was going to come out of there. You know, so could you get him to. I mean, it's, it's to really work them. You know what I mean? Like you go back in and you're like, I, can we see, can you kind of, I'm really curious how it works and then get him to get on the other end and then you look at his eyes and <laughs> you know what I mean? And try to figure out how to work it. And you know, right. like, and have when I saw the price then, tag, it said six ninety five. I knew I'm not going to get it for 20 bucks. You know, if it was one fifty, I probably, I would have left with that thing. I would have, I would have paid $50 for it. You know, he was so willing. He needed money, obviously. He's offering everything for half price. This dude needs money. Right. You know, and you tell him, dude, they, they got three of these in the store down the street for $75. <laughs> I've, I've said some, you know, some stuff like that. I like playing that, that game of just bull crap. You but know? aren't they all generally like sort of have that sort of, you know, like happy dealing with a stranger They're, They deal with odd people too. Like you could sit down with one of them and they'd have 20 stories of the, odd dude that walked in that was oh, looking yeah. for the you know I'm sure the hair do. art some of them <laughs> uh, some of the people they absolutely don't want to deal at all and they're a little bit offended that you would ask them that you know I, w- I was in uh, Wisconsin maybe two months ago and I saw this really neat clock it was I don't know the date on it it was real neat because it was a time it was a clock in clock you know you put your little work card in there and it had uh, I don't know, just really liked it. It was all wood, and, and they uh, you open it up, and you can see the very simple mechanics of how when you put this card in, uh, this th- an arm comes, it triggers an arm, a lever that comes down and stamps you as clocked in. It doesn't even put a time on or anything. It just pokes a hole in this card, proving that you did put this card into this thing. I liked it. It was neat looking, right? I think it was 100 bucks, which it's, you know, it's too much. I don't want, you know, it's probably well worth that, but. You know, probably a great deal. No, it's no way it's worth that. What are you talking <laughs> sure. about? So I walked up and I, I said to the lady, I said that I, we walked back there. Her and I, I said, the clock you have back there. And she said, I don't know what you're talking about. So I took her back there and I said, can we deal on this at all? And she goes, that's really not this kind of store. That's what she said to me. Oh, my. And I said, oh, you're not a wheeler dealer kind of place. You don't barter. And she goes, no, I think that's a very reasonable price. And. I think that's worth it. I mean, you know, we found it and cleaned it up, and the energy and effort we put into it, I think it's worth 100 Okay, ma'am, then I'm leaving. You know what I mean? Right. No offense to her at all. I mean, that's fine. If that's the kind of story you're running, that's fine with me. But I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not going to. So you think that she should have to play this game of, like, I'm going to make put a price down here, and we're going to go back and forth on it, and blah, 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 just because that's what the, this guy no, likes to do. I, I don't <laughs> think, no, I don't think that she should play the game. I think she should do, I think she should open her place and run it the way she wants. Right. Because but you don't want to do business like that. Somebody's going to walk in there who knows what that is and knows the clock and the vintage and all, the, and they're going to see, oh, my gosh, only $100. And they're going to be thrilled 
with that price. You but know? you're just curious, and you're like, ah, that's neat. I'd give you 45 bucks for that's, that. That's, the, that's my problem is I don't really collect anything. I don't care what something is worth. I don't care. I see something that piques my interest, and I want to know if it's $8 or not. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm not going to resell it. I'm not, I don't care what these things are worth. So when you're rich and and $100 means less to you than oh, it means to you now? It. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, there was a, uh, a junk shop in Georgia. I ran, gorgeous. Thomas Jefferson's writing desk. Yeah, in a junk shop in Georgia. Yeah, in an, in an antique shop, not a junk shop. This was a high-end. They had the provenance. Had the provenance. Everything. Had everything to prove wow. that it belonged to Thomas Jefferson. Holy cow. Thing was gorgeous, you know. I forget what they wanted for it. 40 grand, 50 grand, oh, okay. something like that. Probably worth more than that. How is that I, not in a museum somewhere? It should be, you know. But uh, if I was rich, yeah, I would have bought it. And absolutely, you know. Did I'd, you sit at it? Oh, they wouldn't let you. Yeah. But they did sell it at auction. I forget what they got for it. But more than that, more than their asking price is what they got for it. I wonder it. if you could make money by just, you know, charging people 10 bucks. To, you want you not want to buy it? Well, 10 bucks, you can sit at it. <laughs> now we're getting crazy. Let's get to the item All for right. this episode. All right. Uh, I've already introduced Tom Simmons is here and, my, and Lowell and my good friend Tom Simmons. That's right. <laughs> and uh, I think both of you are going to have different perspectives on this on this item that interests me. All right. So let's just. Uh, are we going to know immediately what this how this relates oh, to the story? You just, what this is. But this, the half hour that we just talked, you're going to have a story. Oh, oh. can yeah, I grab it immediately? Grab it. We're going to talk about this stuff. Goodness uh, gracious. This, this, I feel like I'm getting ready to... Like I don't this know if, you, if our heads are too big for, for any of these. My head's things. entirely too large for any yeah. of these. these That's are, fantastic. These are leather football helmets. The one you're holding, I don't know if that's a motor. That might be a, the one Lowell is holding. That, that might be a motorcycle helmet. It could be an aviator. It could be an aviator thing. Helmet, I just yeah. think it's neat. These are old-timey leather football helmets. And this Lowell is, cool. is an Ohio Buckeye freak. It does look like an old movie, you know, like, like a helmet yeah. from an old movie, a football. They're neat-looking to me. Hutch. Even Hutch, even back then, was making these things. <laughs> look at that. That one fits Tom pretty well. You know, it's, it's immediate, my, my, my immediate thought was this, was like, they should, this is what they should be using instead of those in baseball, where like for the pitchers, sometimes they'll... They oh, have yeah, extra yeah. like headgear for them to wear. Like every uh -huh. now and then, a pitcher gets just smashed in the head, sure, and yeah. so they somebody starts wearing some version. Like this would be a. It's kind of it's yeah it's very neat. I'm well, I don't, not just that it's it. Sports wise, it fits right to your head. Like yeah. this would be a good baseball helmet for a pitcher. I would think. Yeah. Because the other so ones are like they have like the, the guy that got hit had a some sort of huge. It just looks really odd. I guess this kind of looks odd too, but but it fits. No, no, it doesn't look odd at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's I can't believe how good it fits. fits you. Yeah, it's it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. This is way more protective than I thought it would be. because it, it, right when I when you see them, you think, what kind of protection is that? It's so flint, but it's that's a pretty hard. Yeah, you know. I mean, oh, you go back. You know anything about old football helmets, Lowell? Are you because I know you're a football a little bit, little bit. Uh, probably not as much as you do at this point. Yeah, Tom is banging on that. Yeah, <laughs> and pieces yeah. of it are flying. I'm smashing That's myself right. in the head. 
Yeah. Like I like I've been smashed in the head too many times. Look, listen to this. I mean, got I'm, CTE now. She, I, well, stuff was popping out of here, so you probably that's all right. Me. I don't mind. I I bought this whole bag Do for. Do you have a hammer or something? Because I'm I'm slam. Uh, one of them I'm wearing, and the other one we, I'm slamming into my head. What can we hit here? Tom here in the head this with? one here. Do it with that. No, okay. He's gonna. Tom is gonna hit him. He's wearing a football helmet right now. Tom's not like an old time football. An old timey right? leather football helmet, and he's gonna take another leather football helmet and smash himself in the head. That and the, the helmet's not moving. I mean, that's well made. Yeah, it gets a little ringing in my ears. Right. Yeah. Second, you know, but <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad. You think about the helmets now. I mean, they're obviously a lot more padding. Oh yeah, the technology. The technology is incredible. incredible. This thing. Are you holding up? <laughs> Tom is moving a little. He's woozy. He's woozy just a little. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little woozy. That's way more. I mean, it like now that it's on, it has a feel like a real like a real helmet. Not as not obviously as. Oh man, that's way I like more them. I like them better than the the helmets. You know what well, I mean? And you were, we were actually just talking about this. I was having this conversation with somebody. Would it be safer to get rid of a lot of the equipment that they're wearing, mm-hmm. so you wouldn't have the urge to just put your head down and lead head first? Right. If you're wearing that. You're probably not sticking your face the padding in, in on the this cheek first. feels better too. It's like it drops down it's, below your ear, even like as a regular helmet, kind of just sort of hangs over your ears or a little right, bit. Right, right. This, this hugs cups. your face. It, yeah, mm-hmm. it hugs your face. I mean, Tom. I'm looking at Tom right now, and uh, the whole helmet is. It, this obviously was not built for Tom Simmons' head. It's just a standard old football helmet, but it's it's hugging his face. It's really right up against it. You know, yeah. it's, I don't know. It's very, these things are interesting to me. They it always have like been. I'm hugging my face. I feel very comforted. Yeah? You feel comforted? <laughs> it's a heavy blanket. You got like padding in here. here too, like on this, on the, on the, sort of like on the cheek where it's like sort mm-hmm. of high cheekbone coverage area. It comes down to right about the, in your jaw. Right. You know? Now that's I an interesting. I feel like this would be a good helmet to wear in boxing and a, even baseball, this is a good helmet. Because you could kind of forget that you have it on, yeah, kind of thing. You of could, course. Yeah, it's you know, it's like a tight-fitting glove versus a big mitt. You I, forget the glove. I can't believe how much I, when I've watched old footage of these things and stuff, how I've thought like, well, that's so stupid. What did that possibly protect? Right. That's what I think too. Until you put one of and these things on. Like, it, I just can't even. I mean, I don't know if I've done a job describing it or not, but I. They should they should make helmets more like this. That's an interesting thing that point that Lowell just brought up. Let's let's talk about this. this. Okay, this helmet to describe to the listener, it has no protection of the face, the front face. You know the the nose, the eyes. The, there's no uh, mouth guard or anything. It is a helmet going over your head, protecting the the top of the skull, the back of the skull, and the sides. But nothing is on the front. So if you had, if you were wearing this running full speed and someone is running towards you, you are probably not going to naturally want to smash your face. I think you're, you're not going to be putting your face directly into somebody's chest with this. Right. So, but with more padding and more equipment, you are, you might just go head first. Yeah. That's your point. Yeah. 
Well, they started putting face masks on, obviously, because people were faces were getting smashed, probably yeah. more than likely. You know, it's probably. Like, it's well, like maybe they anticipated. It's like in baseball now. They've since they a couple guys have been got hit in the face with pitches. They've they've added that sort of ear to mouth piece. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure of of the timeline on these helmets, but I think they'd also introduced plastic. And that's where when the face guards started becoming with necessary. The, with the, because with the, the helmet, helmets had gone from leather, which this is a hard leather. That's a hard leather. It's that's a hard that leather, leather, but it yeah. is not. That's, that's not plastic up top? Mm-mm. No, that's hard that's, leather. That's leather, and it's been lacquered. I'm, I'm knocking on it with my hand right yeah. now. But that is leather. You I can, just, that's I'm, incredible, right? Yeah. I don't think plastic was available. It feels like, it feels like plastic. That looks hilarious. Is that how it looked when I was wearing it? That that goofy. <laughs> the helmet you had was in. Uh, you oh you were wearing the intact. one. I just put a helmet on a different one. We have one, two, three, four, five, five of them. I think that one, the one I was wearing, is the best one. Okay, I'll put it on next. None of them in seven and seven eighths. So I'm not not trying on any helmets. Hmm. Now let's let's get into the obvious here, right? Uh, head injuries in football, you know, now what we're learning, uh, take that off. That's tight. That one is. Yeah. It's tight around the whole, it holds. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really interesting to me how these things fit. Right. This one I'm wearing, this feels just like a, this just feels like a winner. It looks like an aviator helmet. He, it really yeah, does. I think or Tom's wearing the aviator one. Well, I think. The, what, do, what does an aviator need a, like I, a leather cap for? I always cap wonder about that. What's that going to protect you from? I don't know. I'm wearing the one Tom had on now. Uh, it feels so much cooler when you're wearing it. This one is. Uh, I think this one is maybe a little newer than that. That one mm-hmm. that I just had on is, is, I think, a little older. This has got a little more padding around the ears. You know. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, which does that feel comfortable to you? Like a like more comfortable than that one. Yeah, but it looks goofier than I thought it looked. To be honest <laughs> with you, <laughs> it looks it looks almost like um, like a modern day like a capped version of what a boxer wears, somewhat. You know. Oh yeah, like, yeah, the head. Yeah. Uh, this is something that I've this had. This is uncomfortable. This one. Not yeah, uncomfortable that's older. Way. Yeah, and I think it's not in as good and it shape. It's more like a. These are actually more snug than a modern day helmet. Like a modern day helmet, you put it on. Uh, maybe not modern day, but like right. my day. Like Has so, you some put give. it on. It's got some give in it, and you can mm-hmm. fl- and it flops yeah. a little bit on your head. You know, mm-hmm. these are more snug. Yeah. Which it's, you, you'd think it. You'd think that there would be. That's how it would stay. Like as it, the modern the modern day ones would be at least as good as that. Well, I don't know. It's a good. I don't. You know, I'm so out of my league on this stuff. If something has a little give to it, is it safer? Is it? We do, I don't know the answer to that. There's so many variables now. Where you got to start talking about the kinetic energy involved in today's game, as opposed to when they were playing in, in 1950, the 19, size, whatever. Uh, yeah, when when the average size, you know, a big player was 160 pounds. Mm-hmm. Now you've got 275 pound men that are running four, five, forties, running into each other. Yeah, a big person was 160 pounds. Yeah, linemen were 160 pounds, really? 180 pounds. What was Jerry Kramer and uh, Fuzzy Thurston? They were like 200 or 220. I have no idea. But 220, that's, that's a difference. There's a difference between a man that's 220 and 
160, you know, like well, but I mean, these helmets are like from 15 pounds lighter than these helmets are 30 years before Jerry Kramer and, and Fuzzy Thurston back in 1966 on the Packers. These are 1930s, 1940s helmets. These guys were not our size, right? Yeah, they weren't as tall. They weren't, weren't the game wasn't played at the same speed. You watch the old footage. What uh-huh. were big people doing back then? I don't know that there. I <laughs> there wasn't as many a, big people. Come yeah. on, we've they, gotten we've gotten they, this big in, would, in, in less than three generations. I don't even know. I don't even know stats. I've never even read anything about it. But I would say in 1930 there was a far less obesity issue than I in would, 2018. Yes, the opposite. Yeah. They, most of the people that lived in this country and, and probably in other countries as well were farmers. But they, they're still big dudes. They might have been. They might have been big dudes. dudes. But you, I worked on a farm before. You cannot become obese working on a farm. You might become obese managing a farm, you know. But especially back in the day when they didn't have mechanized tractors to take care of everything, they had to do it all themselves. Yeah, right? You think they just be they just be huge muscle heads from doing all this physical labor they just be, and they'd be big dudes like just like there are big I mean, guys these people now. my guess is the people that dudes. were wearing these hat these helmets in 1930s 19 you know 40 they were in shape i mean these people were not i mean they were playing professional football they were in shape they just weren't as large right as, that's what lowell say hey, make you know nobody thought hey we should get some big linemen i don't think they existed the the nutrition thing and the food supply is so much different now, so much different, that's, and from I, an early age. I'm that's curious to me that we would be that we're. I I just assume that's something that we people, can look up. That's obviously, people aren't as obese. Lowell's going to Google. But I would assume that the 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 levels of like how how big and muscle mass and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, it's changed with diet, but well, not that drastically. It's also changed drastically. Yes, it, it's also changed drastically from the '70s to now. I mean, the, in the '70s, there were enormous linemen that didn't run; they were just they just stood there and blocked. I mean, you now you have these men that are 280 that can actually get it. I mean, they can run. They've got a good, you know. So, but you get these the fridge in the Chicago Bears in nineteen eighty. What is the, they called him the fridge, right? right? He scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Had was, to run six yards or something. But he was you a know? defensive lineman, really, is what he was. He they put him. He right. was just yeah. But now they're much more, you know, athletic. Yeah, these large true. men are expected to to run out and block when there's a bootleg and things like that. Yeah, but know? I think that has more to do with training and being and athletics and and sort of more people having the free time to devote to being in sports and well, I think that's a, and, I think that's know. a big part of it is in 1930 my guess again is 1930 it's just like baseball you people in the major leagues in baseball they had a winter job right they couldn't afford to live year round on a baseball salary you know and it, it I'd, you know. I'd just be shocked to think that we we've We've put on a foot and and two, and 150 pounds in sort of muscle mass and bulk in well, three I, generations. Well, I think your point, training has a lot. The modern training techniques certainly have a lot to do with that. The kind of speed yeah. and uh, and muscle twitch fiber. This is suggesting that that we've gained three inches in height over the last hundred years. Okay, that's pretty significant, but that, still. That's three a significant inches. thing. And, and size for these players. And this is muscle mass, too, that they're putting on in a scientific method. They're not working all year at a farm slinging hay, mm-hmm. which builds one kind of muscle. 
But the these more, guys are specifically working to build muscle to play football. Yeah, you know what they're right. doing? They're using they're flipping tires and yeah. and and <laughs> swinging swinging axes and sledgehammers. And giant like that, ropes. Like some of that stuff yeah. already was some of the best exercise you can do. Yeah, chopping yeah. wood. You know, like right. like so. I don't know. I just I. I f- yeah. I but I you know I I also believe for years you take a. You take a guy that's getting cut from the NFL now and put him in the NFL in the 1940s, and he's in in the same shape and blah blah blah, same athlete. He's probably an all-time great Hall of Famer, you know. Maybe would, that maybe that's just my. I wouldn't argue that, but I would also I would add this to put that comment in perspective. I would add this: you could probably say that about any job. I mean, you take someone that that you know works at the post office now and is cut from the post office and put put them back there. I mean, do you I bet I bet something like that not. Really? I just think you know, like you take a you take a you take a McDonald's top employee now and you put him in McDonald's 30 years ago and he gets fired on day 3. No. Because he's just terrible at his job. He's yes. just terrible at his job. Yes. No. You, the population. Do you realize the number of people that are walking through the front door of a McDonald's on a Tuesday? Count how many people. Let's take Raleigh, North Carolina. One McDonald's in Raleigh, North Carolina. How many customers do they serve on a Tuesday? And then go backwards, thirty-five years. And how many customers do they serve in a day on a Tuesday in the McDonald's in Raleigh? Same McDonald's in Raleigh, North Carolina. The difference is enormous. So nowadays you would have to, you're dealing with a much higher volume. Okay. Am I wrong about that? I don't, I never, I never even thought. To I never thought that. about it until you said it. I don't, I'm, I'm probably wrong, but it seems to me if you're delivering mail now, you're dealing with a lot of extra things versus 35 years ago. You're in a smaller town, right? The, the town itself is not as large. There's not as many people. There's not a, there's just everything. It seems like has Maybe I'm completely crazy here. I don't. I don't. If you take the average football player and and go backwards to 1930, yeah, I, my assumption would be that the what they've learned, they, they're they're completely trained different. They're it's everything's different. You know, the game is different. Well, it's, it was a part time thing. You went and you played football. Yeah, but and, then when the football was over, you didn't spend the rest of your training for football. Plus, it's not like I, it is now. Plus, I, plus I'll true. add this. I mean, you from 1930 to ni- that's 70, 80, that's 88 years. Look at all the innovation in the game since then. Just right. I'm not even a football person. I don't know that much about it. But you look at I know the, just the, the crap that I know. You know what did what's his name Tom Landry developed some system of defense or something or offense that was revolutionary. I mean, look Vince Lombardi. Look at all the the plays that he invented. So your kid, Tom, Tom's child, if, you, if he was playing football, he would learn plays that were invented by Vince Lombardi. 19, if you're playing in 1930, right. none of that innovation has happened yet. So you got, you got know, two. My son doesn't play football because of uh, injuries. I worries about head injuries. Well, there you go. That's, what I want. That's where I want this to start talking about. That's, the, that's probably if the main o- reason. If Owen said, I want to play football, would you say no? Secretly, I like you know I like football. He loves it too. He, I can tell he loves it. So right. He, he and but he doesn't he he doesn't really want to play and do a lot of hitting and get hit. And I was like, dude, that's the fun part. He would like to play defense and hit, but he doesn't want to, you know, 
But he. So if he said to you, "I want to play football," uh, he, he would you I would s- say, "I don't know. I'd, I would, I, I would, I've encouraged him not to play to play other things, and I've specifically talked about concussions and and uh, how much bigger the biggest he's ever going to be. Right. Isn't you know, he's his genetics aren't built for him to be really that super fast. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah. So he's going to be hurting at the point of collision because you either have to have mass or you have to have speed. Right. <laughs> Cause would, you can convert speed into mass. Right. But yeah, it's all about kinetic energy at the moment of impact. So you want to be the fastest person right. or the biggest or both. He, he also, but if there was a flag football sort of thing, thing you know, I know that sounds sort of wussy ish, you know? No, what I mean? it doesn't but, sound. You, who are you talking to? Our I mean, society's changing. I, I cry don't know more than. Are you kidding? No, that doesn't sound like, wussy. That's not football. You want your son to play flag football? Hey, but I'm, I'm not a but, caveman, you know? But, uh, I'm up for discussing this. <laughs> I, 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 I like the sport, but I just, I don't, you know, it, it, yeah. at, at some level you watch it and you're just like, dude, you're that. That's not uh, going to be your it's, thing. It's like, uh, you know, I, I don't dislike football. I watch football every year, not every game, not certainly not every week, but I'll watch a game or two here or there every, you know. When I was younger, I used to watch it more than I do now, you know. I would but hate it, to love it and just, like, to be like a Luke Keekley and be, you know, he's a linebacker for the Carolina Panthers who's mm-hmm. just an unreal player, but he he's had, like, three or four concussions, you know, and he's pretty young, but it's at some point, you know – you got to be like, ah, I don't want him to quit. He's so great, but he should quit, you know? Yes. You know? But my son, then again, my son's a catcher, and so he's there. that's going to foul balls and, you know, yeah, hit that, back at him yeah. or a pitch hits him in the face. Like, he had mm-hmm. one hit him in the – hit him dead on. He had a foul on the mask. In yeah. the mask, and they took him out of the game for the rest of the game because he sort of – he went to stand up, and he kind of stumbled, and then they were like, Wobbled all right, you're him. off. And he was like, I am fine. Mm-hmm. I'm like, nope, you're done. Which is, I think, uh, Lowell. What What are your thoughts? You, you know, what are, you I, are. I let torn. me say this first. Lowell loves college football. Okay? I, I absolutely am enthralled by it. He's enthralled by yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Studies and, it, knows it. Do well, not as much as I used to. As I've gotten older, the testosterone is diminishing, <laughs> so it's not the same passion. But they have great. started to teach, and you can see the tackles are less involving yeah. heads, and you can see. Yeah. They're like teaching the di- Australian rules type of tackling, the rugby rugby style of tackling. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you Which, watch those games. First. When I work on ships or something, I'll see, like, Yeah, yeah I love those watching games, Australian football. And, oh, yeah. and just not oh, Australian, but even just rugby, they are they are hitting each other and they're yeah, wearing no pads so really yeah. so and they're but they don't lead with rugby. their heads either they Even lead with hot- their shoulders you have to hit above the waist mm-hmm. so they're teaching that style right uh, one of my favorite plays of any sporting event ever was i was in a hotel espn used to run australian football oh yeah at, at 2 a.m or something came on and i would watch it almost every night i love australian football and i never learned the rules because i figured if i know the rules that's going to diminish my love of this because in my mind, this is a bunch of crazy people punching the crap out of each other. Right. And then a ball squirts out and somebody scores. That's awesome. <laughs> you know? Well, and then the the, the officials with the oh, rain. Oh, they come coats. out with a trench coat? Yes. You know? Yeah. And, and it's just, a mark. It's a mark. I love it. Oh, it's fantastic. So one night I'm watching, I'm in a hotel room, and a guy grabs the ball, and he's running down the field. Another guy tackles him, and on replay, he elbowed him in the face. Okay? So the guy hits the ground. And then the guy who elbowed him 
grabs the ball, and as he's running away, he steps on his neck, okay? <laughs> and the trench coat guy comes out and called offsides. Which <laughs> <laughs> I laughed for 10 minutes. I was like, I love this sport. The elbow thing and the neck with the cleat and the blood. Not a problem. You should have done it a little more over there. (laughs) That's That's so beautiful. So they're not even wearing these. They're not wearing. Yeah. So the question goes to Lowell. You are a football uh, fan, and yes. you have been since your youth. You, it's my you, tribal affiliation. It is your tribal affiliation. You it's have where lucky I get all socks. That, that urge for superstition uh-huh. out yeah. in a safe venue. I'm, I'm all so for I'm it. not religious. I don't have any of those sorts of things, but I channel all of it <laughs> into these three hours or four hours on a yeah. Saturday afternoon, screaming at the television, holding in my lucky urine. Until you know the other team scores, and I'll go. He pee. is. This is a. What man. is that? What do you mean you're holding in your lucky? Year? Well, you if don't, we scored, you don't ever and say I've got what urine you mean in my bladder to football fans. They, Damn it! They don't know what they, it Which is. A religion. Team? Oh, then we yell at, at our buddy Rob is inevitably the person who gets yelled at because you know he's got a weak bladder, so he'll run and pee, and the other team will score. It's, Rob, damn it! You've altered karma. Oh, so that you was your lucky piece. You can't, you can't pee until your team scores. Yeah. Yeah, the, well, the look on your face is exactly how I feel. Well, no, this if is our, a our logic oriented man. Don't pee because they might score again because of your lucky pee. I can't uh, believe he's still talking about this. This uh, is until he's, something he's, bad happens. He's, to he's you, talking you to pee. us like it makes sense, right? Like he's trying to explain <laughs> this. This is what, what happens if you, you know go what? for the this two is point what it play. Like when somebody tries to explain religion. Yes, to me. it is. This is what I hear. Lowell is one of the most logical human beings. He's a great listener. Until we talk about this. He's a great listener. He analyzes words. He analyzes ideas and thoughts. Unless the Buckeyes come up, and then all intelligence out the window, and I can't pee for three hours. Yes. Okay. Wow. I love it. There's no eating during the game. No eating during the game. No sustenance during the game. Well, you just lost 90% of all the football fans. I can't can't eat during the game. Too nervous. I've I've gotten... As if I actually have some impact. Yeah. My screaming at the television is going, and oftentimes, and it looks, it's like Margaret Mead is living in my house because my wife is studying me. I love the while way. While this is happening, the children and her will just be looking at me like, God, I married this guy. And they're like, oh my God, this is my father. But your enthusiasm doesn't bleed into them also being excited? No. Which is, fa- not, which not is the, so funny not, not in the least. They're, they want to write some, some kind of anthropological study yes. on why I'm such a Cro-Magnon. Uh, okay. I've gotten texts. I wish I, I should have brought them up. I didn't know we were going to talk, talk about this, but I've gotten texts from his wife. Lowell's <laughs> wife has sent me text messages during an Ohio Buckeyes. Did I get their name right? Ohio Buckeyes? State Buckeyes. Ohio State Buckeyes. She sent me the text messages. Ohio State Buckeyes. While he's, and, and it, it'd be stuff like, the gorilla is now gone. <laughs> he, the gorilla is on the couch. You know, it, it, she just mocks him in his behavior. It's so beautiful. Uh, and I wish I could have brought them up because they're all hilarious. Because oh, it's she, so She's funny. a wonderfully, wonderful, intelligent woman. But when you're watching football, she is mocking you. I know this to be true. I yeah. mean, I, I can see it in her eye. She doesn't have to say anything. So great. Uh, so you are that level of a fan. You're probably the biggest stupid. football fan that I that I'm I'm friends with, and, and I don't I'm have anything against close. It. That's the whole thing. We used to go to all the home games and most of the away games. I've gotten older. I don't like climbing all the stairs. Plus, I can watch four games in a day now if I stay home. The <laughs> right. way TV's set up, so I can start at noon, and I'm not done till 2 in the morning. 
I um, so do you watch your all the all your rivals play, or do you just do you have other teams now that you also I enjoy? will watch Western Kentucky play the Citadel. I don't care if it's college football; I'm watching it. <laughs> okay. I, I okay. kiss I kiss Donna goodbye September first, and tell her I'll see her in January. So who do you? So who do you? Uh, who's gonna? What's your top? What's your play? What's your prediction for the playoff teams? Uh, haven't gotten there yet, and I always think this is this is. Didn't we just my start? Illogical, Isn't the season is, just start? This is my yes. illogical superstition. There's no way in hell I'm predicting my team to go do anything, because right. if I do, then I have jinxed them. That's completely. super. You're right, superstition. Yeah, absolutely. I know this isn't really time sensitive, but yes, the Ohio State Buckeyes is your team. Yes. Right, it's been a kind of a weird the most watch. hated team in the country. Yeah. Well, what you all think that. that your team Everybody, is the most hated? Yes. So here's the question: There's a recent poll. You, Alabama was the most hated. Well, Ohio I believe State was that. number two. Damn here's, it, we're number two. Here's my my Again. football fandom Again. goes to this. Here's my football fandom. Okay, I want Alabama to lose, and I want them to lose embarrassingly. That's what I want. Okay. And 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 this is a perfect weekend in football terms to me. If Alabama loses in some kind of embarrassing way, and then the Dallas Cowboys lose by 72 points. <laughs> that, that, I am one of those guys. Yeah, I, I mean, root for people to lose. Oh, I yeah. don't really care who wins. I have no team that I'm like, the Packers, yay. Packers are fine with me. If they win, that's great. But if the Cowboys lose, that's great. I love <laughs> it when the Cowboys lose. Do you do that for other things, like for like Grammy Awards or Oscars or something? You're I'm even like, worse. I don't care who wins except Susan Sarandon. <laughs> I'm even worse with that. I hate the Oscars so much. I've never seen it. Okay. And I've never. I've never seen it. I've never seen the but Grammy Awards. You may Awards. like green eggs and ham. No, I'm not. Come on, Stuart. I, I know. You may love, you may love the I've Oscars. I've seen clips of the Oscars, uh, you know, for half a second where Sean Connery's saying something and it annoys the crap out of me. I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to waste my life watching other people celebrate their victories. What are you talking about? That's nuts. Okay. Um, now, here's the question I want to know. You're too busy looking for uh, carrying around... Uh, Helmets from 1932 and collecting yes. them in junk shops. And look you what don't it's have let... time to watch great artists. That's right. And, and look what it... Oh, I'll watch great artists do their art. Right. I'll watch them in their movies and love them and think, oh my gosh, she is an amazing actress. I want to see her everything. But I'm not going to watch her talk about who... You know, they should give out awards in, in a back room somewhere with no video cameras. You know, an award show televised? What are you, nuts? I'm not going to watch you celebrate. The I don't whole watch industry. them. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's just. I'm just getting angry about it. Um, I have I watched them. I, so I'm, you. I saw you may Marlon love Brando them. send the the Native American woman out to accept the award. I've seen that clip. I've seen the clip where that was like what uh, Marlon Brando. What the, yeah, 1974. What? Whenever that was, I saw Clint Eastwood when. Uh, oh, who's that? Charlton Heston didn't show up. He's stuck in traffic, and Clint Eastwood had to stand up there. And I saw that clip. All right, let me ask Lowell this question, and I'm dying to know the answer to. Okay, sorry. Um, uh, you're a, f- a football fan. Let's True. definitely say that. Yes. Uh, your son wants to play the game. <laughs> All right. So this is purely hypothetical. Yes, I know your son. I know yes. your son. I, purely I don't hypothetical. Know well. I know, but, but I know your son. His son is an incredibly interesting uh, human being, very intelligent. He's learning chi- the Chinese language right now. It, it, football is not part of this Once of his a year, world. he comes in, sits on the couch at the beginning of a game and goes, I'm going to do that this year. I'm going to learn how this game is played. I want to learn something about it. 
he lasts five minutes. <laughs> He's never lasted more than five minutes. He looks at me and goes, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen that has to hurt. Why are they doing it? And he leaves the room right. and goes and reads a book somewhere because right. he's he much smarter than, than me. Yeah. Uh. All right. So he comes to you and he and he says, "I want to play. I want to play high school ball and I want to play college ball and I want to try to give it give it my shot at the pros." Yes or no? Absolutely. Yeah. Without hesitation. Without hesitation. Look, there's there's nothing you do in life that doesn't have some form of risk. Okay. I get that this has an inherent risk factor that's built in, that's higher, and, and that the cost may be higher, but the rewards are higher. And the joy that I felt when I was between the lines, uh-huh. I would like for him to feel as well. Yeah, it's a fun sport to it's play. It's a right? wonderful, because yeah. it's the one place where you can go be a primitive. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. care how cultured we get, how many books I read, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Somewhere lurking inside of me is a caveman. <laughs> and you go between those lines and it's pure unmitigated violence. Right. And I like that. I savored that, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. And I would like to think he would enjoy it too. But but now Alex is a much more evolved human being <laughs> He's than a me. More evolved person. Uh, yeah. So that, those what position the did you all. play, Lowell? Uh I played uh, center for a while, uh-huh. and then I got to play a little bit of fullback, a little bit of linebacker. Yeah, you do have a little bit of a personality of like. The only book I'm reading is a playbook. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but, you, but then you don't. Then you well, actually I, other outward read. appearances. No one would think I'd read a book. I understand that. I get that. Yeah, but that's absolutely. I look untrue. like a knuckle tracker. Let's be honest. That's, that's absolutely. Your appearance might it, it just. Hey, let me show you a picture of Lowell. Now write down ten things you believe. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know they're going to be wrong. The, the, I don't care who writes it down. If they haven't met you, they're going to be wrong. Right. And that that's one of the things that just makes you an incredibly fascinating human being, you know? So you say yes. Absolutely. Absolute, without, Unequivocally. With, uh, yes. I changed my answer. I like his answer. <laughs> Tom changes his answer? Mind. Yes. Of course. If it's his dream, if he comes to me and says, this is my passion, I want to do this. This is going to shock. This is going to shock. Even if he just wanted to play. I would Look, be like, this is going to shock both of you. Uh, this is going to shock both of you, but uh, I'd say yes. Yeah. If my son fell in love with football and wanted to play, I wouldn't stop him. What if your son said, Dad, I want to be a comedian? I'd stop him. He's not allowed to do that crap. Yeah. Now, see, I, no, I don't think I'd stop him for, you know, I mean, there it's was. It's his dream. Oh, it's what could be the funniest to, football You players. know the pain involved. You know the yes. potential financial difficulties it can cause, it, the, the agony yeah. of the road, all those things. It's way more joy, though. I mean, it's like to reach like this age and be like, I and have never had that. a job for like I it doesn't. Like, but now you've goal. succeeded. But do you remember? I haven't before succeeded, you succeeded. But that was a goal of mine to not. I don't know. I had. I didn't want to have to. You can. You're never going to be able to sleep till noon every day. You're not going to find any job that does that. Well, <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. And that's, I'll show you. I still, you know, but I, and I. I I, I don't know. I like that I've been able to not have a job. And I'm I, sure you're the same way. I think that's yes. a level of success. Well, you guys sell yourself short not to have a job. You work. This is a 24-7 job. That's the difference in your job and it mine. Is, I would agree with that. Being yeah. a comedian, every waking hour, I'm thinking about it. I'm yep. planning for it. I'm driving to it. I'm doing the show. I'm I'm booking dates. It's a, it's a non-stop. Yep. I would say this is a... I'm working more. If I'd gotten a job managing a Wendy's, I would work less and make more. Right. And then, and I wouldn't think about the job. It's mindless. You know. That's true. Because I, I know, go home. I know and leave most of my job behind. You, you leave most of your are job behind. Constantly doing your job. Yeah. You're you're right. commuting to your job, which is part of your job. While you're yeah. commuting there, you're thinking about 
you know, bits. And, mm-hmm. and, and I'm constantly writing. Yeah. If my son fell in love with football and wanted to play, I would. I think I would. I would first want to have a serious conversation with him, and talk to him about just this. About there are dangers involved in this. It is scientifically proven. You take fifteen thousand hits directly to your forehead, and you're damaging your brain. You know. Right. And then I would say, if it's what you love, then then go do it. You know. You spend thirty five years sitting at a desk. Your chances of stroke or heart attack have gone up tremendously. I mean, yeah. everything has some inherent risk. If you love it, if it brings you joy, yeah. If it's going to fulfill you in some way, I, I don't know how you deny somebody. You can't not do things because of the potential risk. Shit. <laughs> you miss a lot of life, man. Or you gain an extra thirty years of missing shit. Well, but do you want? want <laughs> yeah, is longevity important or is quality important? Is it quantity well, or is it quality? Yeah. Well, according to the majority of of humans, longevity is much more important than quality. Yeah, yeah. nobody's yeah. looking. Nobody's looking for the fountain of experience. Yeah, when I'm <laughs> when I'm eating that extra piece of pepperoni pizza, Isn't it's it? all about quality, my friend. Right, I, agree. I know it's probably in an artery you. somewhere. Isn't but. it crazy to think the Beatles were together for ten years? You've been doing comedy over ha- over twice as long as the Beatles were even together. You know, that's really? I know, I know. It's depressing, is it not? Yeah, when's yes. your White album coming out? Tom? When's oh, the White album? God, you're. I mean, you're right. I would have to say well, yes. That took a dark turn real fast. I know. Man. I don't know why that popped in my head. We can edit that out. It was horrible. Um, <laughs> right. You're like a guy. I met this guy. He was telling horrible. me about his. He was telling me like about his how much money he has. He was me and talking to me and the other comedian. Right. And he sort of got into like you know his own success and blah blah blah. And then somehow we started talking about his his, his you know he was on the ship with his kid. He was sneaking up to have a cigarette and his wife and kid were in the room. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, and my son, he's made like he my wife got him and he. He child modeled for something. He's like he made like seven hundred thousand dollars in the blah blah what? blah. And now I'm investing that for What's him. Wrong with my kids. He I'm basically I know he's basically uh. like my son. Like I'm like my son is pretty good at baseball. And he's like my son <laughs> made seven hundred eighty thousand dollars one afternoon. My right. son has leaped a higher level achievement than seven generations of your family. <laughs> <laughs> he's only twelve. <laughs> yeah, but go talk to him. You know, give him ten more years. My son sued me yes. because I took his seven hundred thousand <laughs> and I invested it, on a cruise. and the courts sided with him. Apparently, I wasn't legally allowed. <laughs> what kind of bull? But Obama said a few years ago, right? He said that he, if he had a son, he doesn't think he would let him play I, football such, due a, to all the, yeah. you know, the injuries and stuff. And yes. I thought, you know what? I have the same feeling about my son joining your military. Yeah, I, I love some, that. That's a nice analogy. It's great. There. And particularly pertinent because my parents were so adamant that I should not join the military. Really? Your my were my mother was absolutely a, a pacifist, anti-Vietnam. What? Against the military. And, and I come in and say, hey, join the Army. And she's a Kentucky <laughs> Democrat. She's old yeah. school Kentucky yeah, Democrat. Yeah, yeah. And so you you ended up coming back around to her point of view after you experienced it yourself yeah. and had your after I grew up a little right. bit. Right. Did she did yeah. she get to ever say I told you so to you? No, I don't think that meant anything to her. Okay. Just just the fact well, me, that I was home and, and survived it. And... Yeah, it's pro- probably the probably the moment that my father and I and my father is one of my favorite people, especially to talk to. 
I, I really enjoy sitting down, having conversations with my father. I'm not, I don't know why you're laughing, Because, Tom. like, how else do you communicate with your father? Like, I like my father, especially to communicate with. You know, to sit next to, I, I'm not really people, a big fan. Some people you like to, <laughs> so, I don't know, some people, you, you know, you, you like to go have fun with. My dad and I don't go have fun. Okay. You know what I mean? We don't have fun. We sit and we discuss. I, you know, my dad, uh, we don't agree politically. We don't agree on on almost everything. But... We both listen to each other, and periodically we both have kind of said, well, that's a good point. I hadn't really thought about it from that angle. So there's some movement in, in our thoughts, you know, right. and I like it. My dad's never gotten mad at me because I believe something, you know, or don't believe something. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so we have good conversations, but I'll never forget it. I turned to 18 years old, and he said, uh, we're going to have to take you down and get you registered. And I said, I'm not doing that. And he, well, he said, what? And I said, I'm not registering. You're registering for the draft? That's not happening. And he said, I, I, that was the moment that we, we split right there. You know, and he got mad at me. He didn't scream and yell. He just looked at me and he said, if there's a draft, you, you're going. And I said, no, I'm not doing that. I'm going to Canada. And he, there, something died, I think. It, like, literally, I'm not trying to be, you know, overdramatic. I don't think he really realized until that moment how hippie his son was. Right. You know what I mean? And it, I think it broke some of his heart that has, hasn't healed yet. I really do. I think he's still kind of like, well, he's not ever going to be what I am. You know what I mean? And that was the moment, you know? So it's so weird. How could you your want parents, your son to like be yeah, drafted against his will border. to go to the military? Like that, That's his belief. His belief is that you're you're an American and you have certain rights. And it, look, I don't want to argue about my dad's belief, but here's my dad's point of view is you're an American. It, the rights that you have are earned. And sometimes we have to go defend those rights. And if my ticket gets drawn, then, yes, I will stand in line and defend uh, those rights. Now, I don't want to start arguing about my dad and what's wrong with that. Right. That's his opinion, you know. And when he found out that his son at 18, I mean, at 16, your kid's an idiot, you know. At 18, he's still believing this stuff. At 45, I would still, if you know, if my son was in the draft, I'd drive him to Canada. I would in a heartbeat. Yeah. That would not Well, what if he wanted to go? Then I'd let him go, and I would be furious. I would have a very hard time. I would do everything to dissuade my children from going in the military, unlike football or any other <laughs> occupation you <laughs> think of. And you're the a military, I would do everything I could to dissuade. Well, because I think it's so pointless at, at this point time this juncture in history i don't want them to be part of the oppressive force i don't want them dying for some oligarch's profit mm -hmm. because i don't think we fight for freedom we haven't been we haven't had an existential threat since world war ii yeah so we're not fighting for freedom at this point so you can't make that argument I think if you if you it is made over and over though oh it I, is made I, over, I, over, I, over oh yeah. Yeah. oh the troops are protecting your freedom right. from what right from poppy fields in Afghanistan <laughs> what freedom of mine is being threatened so um, getting back to the uh, the football thing it, it, if some if you if anybody had said to me I will not allow my child to play I get that and I wouldn't argue with that you know what I mean but I think I'm leaning towards if they are passionate about it, then That's I would. That's the key to okay, me, the passion. Let's, okay, I, let's go this way. Your son, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your son loves playing. Yeah, I, I think I know where you're going, and, and, and go there because it's important. Oh, 
Okay. It's, Do you really it's know important. where I'm going? I think, I think so. I think I know. Big I'm go. just going off an example like of somebody yeah. in my peripheral in life. Where like uh-huh. this uh, boy loves football, plays football, the whole family's football, and then he has a gets a concussion. Yeah. And he's like not himself for three weeks. You know, mm. and you're you're worried is this permanent, blah, blah, blah. And then the next conversation is, oh, yeah, he's going to go play some more. He's going to go back and play. Or do you make him stop playing? Like you've already said, yeah, you know what? You know the risks. You're going to play. And now your kid is that, a 12-year-old or a 13-year-old with that's had a pretty severe concussion, and he's just going to go play some more. And he's in a plays a position that he's – every position, really, you're going to get hit. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I, here's my answer, and boy, am I wrong. Are you ready? Are you ready for me to be wrong? Yeah. <laughs> I let him go back and play. Look, where do I, where do I draw the line? Where do, where do I draw the line? My son uh, loves the game of football. Now, if, if my son said, I think I'm going to go play, I don't really care, then I would be like, hey, 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 wait a minute. If you don't really care, then let's not do it. You know what I mean? I don't want to put him in that possibility. I don't want to severely up the, the chances of him getting a concussion just because it's on a whim. I'm talking about a passion that he has. I'm talking about a love and a desire Right. You know, that's what I'm talking about. I wonder um, what the numbers are like for real in numbers of concussions. It just seems, but I, I would be very nervous. I mean, my son, he's I'd be whatever. He's got a skateboard and a thing and a, you know what I mean? He's going to get. I'd be extremely nervous. Yeah. I would find it. I, I, first of all, with my child, just like you were talking about uh, your, your son, it would be shocking if he wanted to play. Oh, yeah. uh, my son is only, he turns three next month or next week. Actually, my son, um, I would be floored at this point if he wanted to play football. My son regularly wears his bicycle helmet when he's in his car seat because he says, yeah. he says to me, I got to be safe, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll say, you don't need the helmet in the, I got to be safe, Dad, got to be safe. <laughs> so at this point, I'm not worried right. about him playing football. Uh, but I can't imagine if my son loved – you know, if he if he loved guns, I'd be like, oh, okay, okay. Really? I, what yeah. if he loves heroin? It's, no, you know, he just really loves heroin. No, no, no. Well, that's <laughs> that's that's, that's what I was about to say to you is where do you draw the, the line? Argument, yeah. Where where does the line be drawn? You know, everybody heroin. everybody on earth loves heroin. <laughs> everybody currently alive loves heroin. The majority of us don't know how much we love it because right. we haven't done it yet, but right. we love it. Heroin affects it. So you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you think I don't like, want my son to be addicted to heroin? So I would do everything within my power to stop him from doing that. But my but son's it, addicted to video games. I can tell that already, but you know, it's right. addicted. I can, you know, I could just hit the off button, but it's pretty, I, I, I joke around with him all the time. I'll walk in. You're addicted. You're addicted. <laughs> You're addicted. I'm, I I would like to steer my kid away from that. You know, I don't. I'd like to kind of guide that away. I mean, I I don't know. I but I boy, I put a lot of I put a lot of value on passion. I you, think you should. I dropped out of college and became homeless to do stand up comedy. Okay. God. Would I want my kid to do that? No, absolutely not. If he told me he was going to do that, I'd be like, no, you're not. You're going to live at our house while you're going to pursue this. You're not. But I didn't tell my parents. I didn't. I wasn't going to tell put them through that. Are you kidding? They'd be worried about me every single night. They wouldn't sleep. So I'm not going to tell them that. I lied to them, you know. But um, really, yes, I my, lied to my, my parents. parents. Were like, just go ahead. 
your parents were like, what? He's out. He cares. No, I mean, as far as, by the way, my doing, dad's doing been listening up. to my podcast. So I, you know, I, I'm sorry, dad, but I, you know, that's, you know, the truth. I wasn't going to tell you that. Why? I'm not going to make you worry, you know, but what you tell me you were a male stripper. So it'd be something that they're, you know, there's of. some income in male yeah. stripping. <laughs> right. What did you tell them? Did you tell me? What'd you tell? I you, told I mean, they knew I was attempting to do comedy, but they didn't know I was homeless, you know? And my dad, I think my dad probably knew it. He, he's not a dumb man. He's a very smart man. I, he figured it out. He kept asking for my address, and I gave him a P.O. box. <laughs> so I'm sure he knew, but he didn't tell my mom, you know. I guess we need to edit all this out. No, so you, so you, uh, so you, you lived in your car? I slept in my car. I slept in the woods. You didn't know this? Did you have a tent? I had a tent at one point. But, you know, when you put your tent up, it's romantic for about three days. And then it's like, why am I putting the tent up? That's dumb. I'll just sleep on the ground, you know? And then you sleep on the ground for a while, and then you're... And, and then it starts raining one night while you're dead asleep, and you wake up, and you're totally nasty, covered in water. There's water in your sleeping bag. It's disgusting. And then you're like, why am I sleeping outside? I have a car. <laughs> and the next thing you know, you're right back to sleeping in your car. It's amazing how you- unromantic camping can be when you, you know, when it's not a weekend. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Well, it's not I used to take showers in, in lakes. You didn't know this? No. I used to, this is not a joke. I that's used a, to, that's a bath, by the way. It's not a, really a shower. It's not a shower. It's a okay, bath. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I used to be able to walk down any shampoo aisle and tell you which bottles floated and which didn't. <laughs> really? You just didn't find like two that floated and then buy that brand? Well, I would always buy the one on sale, the cheapest one. Oh, what, what's sense. 59 cents? That makes sense. You know, they would have some sale. What's the cheapest shampoo? And I'd buy the little travel ones. That's you know? the least economical version. What? What are you talking about? The, you, the, when you, it's like you're buying. It's the opposite of buying in bulk. You're paying the most for the little. You know what amount. I love? This is another yet another thing I love about Tom. <laughs> we are discussing an idiot who dropped out of college to tell jokes to morons, uh, and you're that's the least economical <laughs> way you could have gone. You're, what? You're By scraping the time, together. You uh, don't have a place to live. And I you're, just you're made like ninety-two bad decisions. <laughs> I but am if at you the bought very the two end. gallon jug at Sam's Club, you would really say <laughs> I know. I, why didn't you say you dropped out of college? What an idiot. <laughs> no, because that's not an idiot. That's, that's like a, you dropping out of college. We just had a discussion about how the education system just teaches you to work for other people. And then it didn't even teach you to put up a tent when it's raining. Like you're like, oh, why do I need a tent? Because sometimes it may rain, you jackass. You put a <laughs> Sleep tent in up. your car. <laughs> yes. Do you know how tiring it is to be homeless? It's exhausting. Oh I don't have time to put up a tent. What do you, what do you mean you? it's exhausting? It what? is exhausting to be homeless. Yeah, it they really, don't really is. Look a, they don't really look well rested a lot. Well, they are. It is exhaust. Let me tell you this. Seriously, Why? being being You're... homeless is exhausting. It, it's illegal, first of all, to be homeless. Right? It's illegal. It's against the law. So okay. if you take your car and you and you go out here and you fall asleep in the back seat of your car, you have to cover yourself with blankets and put boxes on and pretend like you're not in there. Because if the cops see you, they bang on your window and ask you what you're doing. You have to show them identification, and then you have to once you've proved that you're not uh, illegal, you're you're not a criminal, and you own the vehicle you're in, then they tell you have to move on because you can't sleep there so then you get in your car and then you drive 20 minutes away to where the cop is no longer following you you pull over and you go to sleep again and then 45 minutes later a cop knocks on your window who are you who's your identification it's a constant trying to find a place to sleep it never you know it's exhausting 
Yeah. And then you fall asleep and like sleep through like prime begging hour. Do you ever do that? Like you wake up at like 1030 and <laughs> I you're don't like, I like missed rush hour. Everybody's even, at work now. I don't even like that joke. Come on. I don't even like, usually I love Tom's dark uh. sense of humor, but I don't, I didn't even like that joke. Didn't so even like heard it. it before. Probably. Uh, yeah. uh. Didn't even like, it's exhausting to be homeless, but you know, I would tell if my son said, I, w- I want to drive out of college and be a comedian. I'd be like, ah, no, no, that's horrible. no, don't make the same mistakes. But if he said, but dad, I really love it. Then I'd be like, ah, crap. I understand it. Okay. Okay. Go do it. Be happy. Pursue your dreams, you know, whatever. And if it's football, then yes. I'm just saying it led to some, there's a romance to, I gave up everything and started from the bottom as a comedian and made my struggle, but you made your own struggle worse by making bad economic decisions. You're back to the shampoo. <laughs> yeah. This is going to bother him for I a while. Cannot I cannot believe. It. So anyway, I so you're showering cannot. in lakes. You're ba- taking a bath in a lake. Cannot believe you. This is this is the part you're getting hung up on. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We're an hour and twelve into this, and we're so off. What I I thought we were going to talk about free will. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> what I thought we were talking about football and concussions. I, Here's the thing. Here's what I wanted to Actually, talk I about. We were talking about an eye laser thing. What happened with that? <laughs> here's the, here's what I wanted. Here's what I thought we would not wanted, but here's what I thought we would talk about it, with this episode is we have scientifically proven now. Correct me if I'm wrong, Lowell, that if you take so many blasts to the front lobe, right, front lobe, then it is a chance that it dislodges. Do you know what I'm talking about? The, the CTE. The, the, the study is ongoing. Yes. It's on, but we, it seems to be be proven science now that these guys are doing, you know, they're getting necrotic tissue yes. in their brains. So parts then, of their brains are dying from, from these repeated right. blows. And one of the consequences, and I'm not a scientist and I don't know enough about this, so I'm looking at Lowell. I'm staring at Lowell. I'm not looking at Tom. He's still, he's over there with shampoo bottle. Um, <laughs> the, one of the, 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 uh, Whatever that is that we have the, that that tells our, our brain tells ourselves we shouldn't do that, right? That right. seems to be diminished. You have Aaron Rodriguez or whatever his name was, murders. The, the same reason adolescents are adolescents and don't make good decisions. Their cortex, their, their frontal cortex isn't fully formed. So if you're doing damage to your frontal cortex, mm-hmm. then yeah, your decision-making is going to be impaired. Your decision-making skills are impaired. So... What I thought we would talk about, really, because Tom and I kind of had a conversation about this at one point where, and Jeff Tate, another uh, friend of mine, a good comedian, Jeff Tate and I talked about this, and it was, it's, it's truly, I don't know answers, but it's a truly interesting thought. If, let's say you have a football player who's damaged to the front frontal lobe, the cor- front cortex, right? His decision-making skills are impaired scientifically, okay? And then he does X, Y, and Z. He kills murders someone right right how how much is he to blame how much of that decision was his decision how much of it is genetics how much of it is damage to the brain Does it really matter at that point i because, don't know i because don't know now you're that guy that's going to kill people yes and we have to protect so now we have to protect from. society and we, i'm not saying that these people should not be punished i'm not saying that they should not be but i'm asking the question but the other people have culpability yes that's what i'm that's owners, the fans, people who perpetuate. Who's an accomplice? Yeah, all of us. Yeah, because the the person in question did not, you know, if they had become a mailman, 
then they they would not have murdered. They would not have committed murder. There is a question of intent, though. As a fan of the game or as a coach in the game or as the owner in the game, your intent is not to create murderers. Sure. So, so it, it, it's an unintended consequence. Yeah, but what if he right. becomes a mailman you know it's and a then gets attacked by some some person's dog and you're the one who pushed him into the mail delivery thing? And so now then I'm an accomplice? Now you're an accomplice on that. You know what I mean? Maybe you're... Maybe, Maybe your mother-in-law is saying, "Hey, Tom, the post office is hiring every time she sees a sign." Let me. She let doesn't me. really believe comedy's a business, and uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> and now you're now you're walking around, and you and you get bitten by some strange pit bull. And whose fault is that? That's poor decision making, uh, somewhere down the line on somebody else's part. <laughs> let, let me let me let me turn it around and present it to you another way. Okay, <laughs> we know. It's not, well, right now, as Lowell pointed out, it is looking. Very, very, very likely. We have enough. We're starting to stack up the evidence. We're starting to stack up the test. We're really like that. You pound. You pound for years on yeah. that on that cortex, and your your decision making skills are impaired. You are much more likely to punch out a, your girlfriend in an elevator, beat the crap out of her. Right. You know, uh, to you know do. I mean, you. The list is long of uh, NFL players and their problems. Right. So. But it, there's is, also other uh, circumstances there. I often wonder, and this is a chicken-egg question, is it the testosterone-laden environment they live in that yes. makes them wife-beaters and yeah. these kind of violence tendencies, or are those violent tendencies mm-hmm. what draw them to the sport? I, I don't or, know which one it is. I'll add another one. Is In this day and age, if you excel at football, basketball, baseball, anything at age 12, there's oh, scouts yeah. looking at you. Yeah. You are, what's his name? Johnny, the Texas. Yeah, Manziel. Manziel. Oh, I was, oh, that thrilled uh, me that he didn't. Anyway, he didn't pan out. Yeah. He didn't pan out. I was so happy. Um, you know, from a tiny age, they were looking yeah. at that boy. You know, or whatever. You pick anybody that's, that excels as a, as, as a teenager in a sport. So, so you're groomed from an early age when you, sh- you know, so there's another reason you've kind of been given it your whole life and you are the star your entire damn life and you feel like you can do anything. There's five reasons, maybe more that X could have happened. You know, person would, person murdered so-and-so or per- person po- punched out so-and-so or behave, you know, Ray Lewis goes into a, a nightclub in, in Atlanta, may or may not have killed someone. We don't know because they have enough money now to cover it up and whatever, you know what I mean? So why he did or did not do that, there's several reasons. One of them is, one of the options is taking a shitload of hits to the front cortex. You know, one of the options, right? Sure. So, where it leads me is, which is an amazing human question, is if we can say that, let, let's say we pick a person, Will Harris, okay, the greatest player for the, the Cleveland Browns, all right? I'm making up a name, all right? And uh, he walks into a grocery store, gets in an argument with a clerk, and kills her, right? And then we can prove scientifically that that happened because he had severe damage to his front cortex, okay? So then the question becomes, how much of that decision was him and how much of it was the damaged brain decision? You, you see what I'm trying to explain? Yeah, I do. So I do. You, I had, you, Weirdly, I don't have much sympathy for him at that point. And I'm I, not saying I have sympathy and, for him. Or... 
that I keep thinking back to this, the, like the kid that I know that got concussion and then his parents were like, oh yeah, he can play. You know the consequences, especially right. now. So right. you know, Luke Keekley knows he's had four concussions and it, it, he's probably fucking himself up. Mm-hmm. And but he's going to continue to make that those that same decision to keep playing and keep having that happen. But that, I'm not explaining this well. I don't think that's not exactly what I'm saying. I'm not saying sympathy or no sympathy or blame. I'm not even assigning blame. What I find fascinating about this is does it mitigate? Are you asking if it mitigates the situation? No, I'm I'm asking is just is free will involved? Oh, does, does they st- has still he lost have, the capacity for free will? Have you lost because- the capacity to have free will? I'm not saying a person should not pay a penalty. I'm not saying a person should not. We should not assign blame. Not saying all that. Right, right. I'm saying if you take an arrow and jab it into your ear and pull it out, and then you damaged a part of your brain, and and it makes you make decisions. You know, is that you? Yeah, but really, I think some of the brain science is saying, you know, would argue, I don't know that they're necessarily on the the majority side, but that there isn't much free will anyway. See, there, there's where I was going think, thinking as well, Tom. But free this will is, is where sort I of thought, an I'm sorry to interrupt, Lowell. This is where I thought this conversation yeah. would go. Not shampoo bottle. Well, yeah. now we're an hour 20 it, in. It's a bit it's of a loose. Well, you know. we can edit. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. We should take a break for a commercial. The, I mean, we live within a society. From the moment you're born, you start being indoctrinated into whatever the, the mores of that society are. So your free will starts to diminish the moment you're born, and people start teaching you things. Quote, unquote. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Quote, unquote, teaching you things. Mm-hmm. So, free will as a concept, uh, it's, it's, it, that now you're in a real, you know, gray area. I love it. How much free will do we actually have? I love that question. I love that question. I was just reading about. I was just reading about the some 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 of the studies of of the um, the human thought process and the brain and how there's sort of two two main function two main things. There's like the rational side of the brain and then the sort of impulse side of the brain and the impulse sort of intuitive side wins way more wins out way more than it necessarily should really yes once we're communal animals again that speaks to free will as well i mean we're obviously a communal animal we get together we form societies Uh so if you enter into a contractual relationship with a society you're saying i will give up this much free will in order to get the protection that a society gives me, in order to get the utility that that a society provides to me. It gives me an opportunity to gather food safely and not fear attack at all times. So you're giving up all kinds of freedoms and free will. We trade those things. We barter our free will to get those things. But what was that a decision? I don't. I would. Argue, I don't know. If it's a conscious. Yeah, decision. I would argue it's not a conscious decision. You are born into that, so you do, you know no other life. But at some point in your life, it should be a conscious decision. Yes. At some point, you should recognize what you've done, what you've traded. Yes. A, a, a thinking brain should should realize that I live in a society. I didn't choose to live in this society. I was just born in this particular society. Absolutely. Do I want to continue? Absolutely. Do I not? What are my benefits? What are the what are the gains and the the losses? What 
that that should be considered. It would be irrational not to come to that point. As and then I would argue that if you are the type of human that actually came to that point where you realize that and then question that, you just made a free will. You just you just made a, you just brought up a question on your own free will, irregardless of the society. So for that moment, you're not part of it. You are trying to decide whether or not you want to yep. be or not. That was a free will. That was a moment of free thought. That was a moment Absolutely. of free will. So you and you you take a person that's been hit in the head four thousand times in the front. <laughs> are they going to come to that conclusion? Probably not. Probably not. No, that, that, you make a good point. We had this discussion. Ah, oh, stay bucka. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pee. This is lucky pee. <laughs> yeah, I've gone from talking about my lucky pee to to, to the merits of free will. That, that's a hell of a discussion. I want to right call there. this episode "Lucky Pee and Shampoo." <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but it, we had this discussion off air last night uh, about. I had the very good fortune to live abroad, apart yes. from the United States. Yes. So I wasn't an American. For how many years? Because that's important. Three years. Three years. So yeah. that's a that's not two months. No, this, this three is, years wasn't is a temporary this. thing. It was time that I actually lived there. Yeah. So time to amalgamate. To feel like you belonged. You knew the streets. Yeah, you knew I'm the. Obviously not yeah. an Italian. Mm-hmm. There's only one other American that lived in the town I was in when I'd go into the base to work. There was other Americans, obviously, but but mm-hmm. I it was the one time I was an autonomous human being, and I became so much less materialistic because I didn't speak the language well enough for the commercials to mean anything to me, and I didn't have a lot of stuff. I didn't care. I came home with one small case with books loaded in it, and that's what I owned: some clothes and some books and a bicycle. Right. It's everything I brought back from the military instantaneously <laughs> I was bombarded by this materialist. I was back in America and I was back to being an American. And I was conscious that this had taken place. I'm like, do I want to do this? Is this how I want to live? Well, it's what I know. It's where my family's at. There's, there's a comfort level here because it's what I grew up with. But man, I really like doing that. But the only way I can do that is to be in the military. And I don't want to do that anymore. So, I just acquiesced and took the easy route and became an American again, and now I have just a house full of shit that I don't need. But am I wrong in saying this, Lowell? You eased your way back in. You lived in a cabin in the middle of the woods somewhere in a well, bachelor like, pad that you created. That I, was no cabin. It was a nice home. It was, it it was, was comfortable. A, right, but you were out. Yeah. I liked living out in the country. Yeah, you were out. You yeah. were, let me have my freedom. Let me oh, have yeah. my space to think. Here's my collection of books. I want to right. sit here and read them in silence. Right. And then now, and then you, you, you got married and moved into town. Started having responsibilities. You right. know, the kids had to have better schools. But than you're caught, from you are area. aware, my friend. I mean, you and I have had conversations where you will tell me the benefits. You'll start telling me about your job and, and how they give, they've given you more responsibilities and you feel even more exhaustion. Right. And then after you, this has happened a couple of times in our conversations, you'll t- explain your job and what, what they've added in the exhaustion. And then you'll say, but I'm getting and you'll give me a list of things that you're benefiting from that. Job. Right. Right. So you are aware that you made a choice. I know I'm making these trade-offs. I get it. Yeah. Well, if I if I'm not aware at any given moment, my wife is. Yeah. <laughs> She's very good at, at say, "Hey, you're going down the hole." Because I am prone to be a little OCD in something like this. Right. I can put too much into it, and then my home life would suffer, or my time with my kids, or. or but I'll, I'll I'll say this, Lowell. 
15 minutes ago, Tom said the exact same thing from a different perspective. Tom said, I, I, I wanted a job I, I, who sleeps till noon. I've never had a job. I've never had. And then we, he, he made a free will choice mm-hmm. to, you know, and he sees the benefits of what his choice is. Mm-hmm. So I would argue, and I don't know if I'm right. I really don't. That's the reason it's fascinating because I think I'm wrong. Everybody in this room has at times, maybe not always, but at times, had moments of free will, complete and total Absolutely. choice. And I would argue that it is potentially, it's, there's a chance that if we've been bashed in the cortex <laughs> 500,000 times by giant linemen who were agile. I played football. I got bashed. I used to lead with my head. I, I'm, That's right. how they taught us. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. sure I got, I'm sure I've had a few concussions. I'm sure my son has a couple times. times I dropped him when he was little and stuff. So you know? there is a chance I'm not saying every single person that plays. I'm saying there's a chance that you, 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 bam, you take the exact right hit in the exact right area and it damages the, the, the correct part of the cortex that you could no longer do that. And then it becomes, you know, a, a, a larger philosophical question, you know. I wonder That's what does fascinating more damage. to yeah, me. That is, I wonder. You're right because you you all are altering a person's ability to make their their own choices. Yes, by, by that. But are you are is is that affected more by fifty hits to the head or by uh, seven hundred hours of television? You know, or, or you consuming know? a lot of pizzas and having plaque build up in your arteries. Yeah, yeah. And, so these are um, th- these, yeah. to me these are incredible questions. I love this. I love this idea. Uh, and I think uh, we're going to wrap this up, but I think that ultimately w- America's number one sport, right? Football. It's the, the number one sport in this country, okay? What, what we're looking at right now is the beginning of scientific knowledge that perhaps uh, repeated blows or one accurate one could be that too, that you could hit in the exact same, uh, the exact correct or incorrect angle in this exact spot. Boom, damages this part, X part, and then you are your ability to make decisions, you know, is is injured, right? So we're dealing with America's number one sport that might lead to serious free will questions, and then you would have a person that isn't operating in their own in what we would consider a normal manner. Yeah, this, this is, is fascinating. An old question though, Teddy Roosevelt tried to outlaw football. Remember? No, I don't remember. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, I did not know. There were so many deaths. Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy. There had been so many deaths. Not his better brother. No, no. Teddy. Right. Teddy. Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> I don't think they were brothers. Were they? Discussed yeah. the, the possibility of outlawing like football because there had been so many deaths. That's amazing. Yeah. So this isn't a new conversation. Right. It's been going a long time. Yeah. So let's say he was a great. He was a that guy. Teddy. National parks, baby. Uh, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I used to. We used to joke. We were Kostaki and I wrote a joke one time about them him being in the monument. You know, whatever that uh, Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore, and it's yeah. like he's not even the best Roosevelt. <laughs> <laughs> so I just screwed yeah. your joke no, up, right? But, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but so you wrote the same. But like the, but then I I read there's like a two different huge books for like a biography on him by so I can't remember who wrote it, but it's he was an amazing human being. Mm. He accomplished a lot. Yeah. Anyway. So let's say that he didn't these... get football canceled, though. 
It it just seems I don't know if I'm if I'm describing this accurately, but it seems to me that because you're you're not dealing with curling, you're not dealing with some sport that that 27 people enjoy. This is America's number one sport. It is a trillion dollar industry. I'm mm-hmm. making that number up, but it's probably it's close to accurate. Let's say five years from now, ten years from now, this even gets worse. We are having more and more and more football players who are beating the crap out of people, who are you know beating up people, who are mur- let's say I'm saying let's say it does. We are we're on a collision course to a decision, you know, and not a pleasant one. You know what I'm saying? Well, what does it say about our society that the most brutal sport on earth? I think it's is accurate. our national pastime. I think it's accurate. I do too. I think us, I, I think, think this, it reflects us very accurate. Well, so hockey is very country, brutal too. So that's the Canadian that's sport. And you then got, you know, you so just, humanity fantastic. loves a little bit of violence. We but love this, it. But football was that's around. Point, football for has been around for a very long time, and baseball was clearly the dominant sport in this country. And then it switched. What seventies really? It started. Oh, man, baseball's so nice. And been and then the eighties. The great Carlin so bit gentle. about the two differences. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's you know, a great. But, um, yeah, I think it's very – this, uh, this to me is just a very interesting thing. I, 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 would, I would allow my son to play football. I think it'll it just was, adapt. I think they'll just adapt it. They'll keep making hitting less and less a huge part of and it. And they keep denying, and they'll keep denying, and they'll, and they'll keep – another thing is, like Aaron – is it Hernandez? Yes. Was, okay, like Aaron Hernandez, right? They can isolate him, and they could say it was his fault. They can deny any – and then they can turn around and say, God, we got to do something because, you know, and behind and, and try to make it less and less violent and less and less, which is against what the country clearly wants. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? The country does. They did. I lose my t- mind every time they throw a flag for targeting. Like it's football. It's football. It's football. My dad is the same way. My dad played college, <laughs> high school ball, and co- my dad loves football. Right? Yeah. He loves college football. Doesn't? Yeah. You know, they're also taking away hitting in the legs. It's like I was thinking that yesterday when they were they called somebody on hitting Cam Newton low, mm-hmm. and it was, and it's like, I remember you have you got to tackle him in the legs. You try to tackle somebody like that up high, he's going to shake you off. That was that you have right. to hit him low. That's where you hit. That's where they lose their. My dad, my dad would ever just like Lowell, just like what you said about Cam Newton. My dad, it's a different game. It's not even the same game I played. Yeah, that's what. But my it's dad still says. fun. Exactly. It's still fun. Like it's fun to play football. Just I don't I'm not hitting my son when I'm throwing with the football in the backyard. But it's fun like to play quarterback and they're playing against each other and we can't tackle because a couple of them are bigger than the other one. But right. it's still fun to make that to watch him make that move and. And hit him on a hit him in stride and, oh, and yeah, watch a somebody make a sport. play and oh, yeah. it's a know, gorgeous it's sport. It's orchestrated sport. and when it works, oh, it's it's absolutely it's it's gorgeous. But without the hitting, I would agree with my father that without the hitting, it would not be the same sport. You might, you know, you could still call it football, but there would be a significant difference in the. I mean, yeah. adding a play or saying or moving the the kickoff back or forward five yards or the field goal is now five yards longer than it was that's just detail removing the violence well now i'm looking for another sport yeah now it's not the same sport it's like saying we're going to add kicking to boxing no no you're not i mean you just created <laughs> another sport <laughs> they did that did. and that's huge in kicking boxing that's what i'm saying yeah. but they don't call it boxing they call it kickboxing they added something to us it's not boxing if you're kicking people right so to me if you're pulling violence away from football they'll probably try to do it slowly so people can just be irritated little by little but still watch it. Well, my generation is going to die off and we won't be right. demanding it anymore. 
And then the yeah, and then I'm not people. sure my kids are as enamored with uh, it as I am. My son loves it. Yes, my son like he he knows all the stat. He's you know it started as just because he's playing Madden, you know, and then mm-hmm. yeah. he learned the players, and now he just he but he's not he's not patient enough to sit and watch an entire game unless it's like the Falcons in the playoffs or something, you know what I mean? But he mm-hmm. he loves watching highlights of it and follows a lot of the people on Instagram and knows the and he knows Julio's stats and you know he so. Yeah, they all know Beckham. See, that's my argument catch, right there. We're, get, just, we're getting deeper and deeper into this podcast that we probably need to wrap up. Sorry. But he, he, no, that's it's not your fault. It's mine. Um, my argument against, and I don't want to go into all this. don't even know why I'm bringing it up. Um, people that say the kids are dumb, like the kids are dumb. My argument is that. I see these kids. You cannot memorize every stat on the Atlanta Falcons football team. That's not a dumb brain. Right, and it takes intelligence to memorize all the players' names, all of the all of their stats. Who else, you know? That's not. It's an unfed brain, is what it is. We're not giving them anything worth a damn to be smart about. Giving them junk food. Giving them junk food. Yeah. But a dumb brain would not be able to memorize all the names and the stats. Right. They're, these kids aren't dumb. They're just they're full of junk food. They're unfed. They have nothing. They're not. They're not. You know. So anyway, my friends, kids today and they're they're. I would say the parents. To, I would say it's it's not even the kids. That's they just got here and now we're we're shoving pop culture at them. And well, see, people I'm are watching the Grammys and overpaying for kids. shampoo. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is like what's you know? It may just world? be the kids yeah, that my kind of kids world? are hanging around with, but Jeez. I'm so impressed with this generation because I'm comparing it to mine. I'm like, oh my god, they're so much more sophisticated. I'm totally impressed with this generation. I yeah, I mean, they blow my mind. I'm so impressed with even they the know people, so much more. even the kids that annoy the crap out of me that I disagree with, which is a lot of them. They annoy me because I'm a cranky old man. <laughs> but intellectually, I see what they're doing. Oh God, they're not dumb. Oh no, they're, they're, I, I would I would say that you you could not prove to me. You could tell me, but you couldn't prove to me the kids are dumb because they're not. This is not a dumb generation. I think they're, they're so much very more sophisticated and so much further along at these ages. Than oh my gosh, oh. it's it's almost scary to watch them. They're it worries just, me that they're not and, having any fun, that they're not really, because well, yeah. all they're doing is working and studying and working. And well, right. my son's play con- plays constantly. I don't know what you guys are talking about. But, you know, if you, yeah. take, if you take that I'm, brain, if you take that brain now, does that he memorize, play in a formal situation, like he's playing in a league, or is he going out and playing Sandlot ball? Well, he, no, he plays in a league. Okay, baseball, that's but he, not playing But me. no, that's he plays, they play, he plays with his friends on, vi- with, on video games oh, okay. online, on, yeah. like, He's yeah, playing, like whatever. It's way better. It's if I could have sat and played these cool fantasy games and right. had all my friends in my ears and talking with them the whole time, that is way better than. I feel like I have to push my kids to go have fun, go riding my bike around the neighborhood. Like that was only fun because it was out of the house. Like it wasn't. Like, I don't. I would disagree with that. I, I I would say being out of the house. I've. Is still top five best things I've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) The the freedom. Oh my God. The freedom of I'm not in the house. I mean, I just loved, I'd throw a ball on the roof and catch it and throw it back up there for seven hours. Okay. You know, I love that. Absolutely love it. I'm in the woods. What do you, that was great. What are you doing? I'm in the woods. What do you mean? I'm in the woods. I'm not doing, I'm sitting here. I'm in the woods, but I'm not inside. You know what I mean? Yes. All right. Um, you think you'd have enjoyed it more when you were homeless then. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it brings you back I'll to your childhood. I'll tell you. Uh, You're like, that is, I love it. I love the woods. Give me a ball. I, I don't, I'm so disappointed I don't have a roof. I'm going to go find some new guests. <laughs> 
I'm going to go find some new guests. Tom is putting on a football helmet and leaving the studio. He's it, it's undramatic because he can't get it on now. So it's like he's trying to do a he's trying to do a Betty Davis exit, but he can't do it. All right, thank you guys so much for listening to this. Uh, I, I appreciate it. We'll see you again. listens to the end i don't understand i mean what's really why am i still talking it's all right uh this is i guess the small print of the podcast is that what it is is that when you pull out the glasses that you have to kind of slide down the nose and read the bottom of the bottle kind of thing uh it was so-called produced by matt holt i don't know what he did but there was something he wants his name on here uh, intro music is real Greg Brown. I picked it because I love Greg Brown, and I was hoping someone would listen to this podcast and go, "What was that music? I want to find out what that is." Go listen to Greg Brown. Outro music was sweet, sweet. Uh, you know, rate and review. You know, whatever. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. I think that's a button that you push. It's kind of like liking something. Or you know what annoys me is when I send someone a text. And then I get a message back that says so-and-so liked your text. Don't do that to me. Don't do. Don't answer my text or answer me. But don't like my... Uh, tell a friend about this podcast. Or don't. You know, I don't know. Uh, and thanks for listening. This has been a Perfecta Podcast Network production. Stuart Huff's Obsessive Curiosities Perfecta Podcast Network production. Say that 11 times and, and try to enjoy life. Making it on my own While well, my mind is turning Thinking of how I've gone From a heartbeat To the beat of a heart Finding its way back home